are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On NBA podcast, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. 30 minutes or less, pretty much recapping the action in the night before and getting you set for the games tonight. On Wednesday, I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the, co- and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, Reds Army underscore John on Twitter, and I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. John, it's been a little bit since we've been up late watching all 10 games in the association and ready to break down everything that we saw, but it's nice to kind of get back in the groove. Yeah, you know, nothing wrong with a lot of basketball on TV, is there? No, even if a lot of the games early this season have been blowouts and a little bit less than interesting, but we had some good like a lot of blowouts this season. Or at least 50-point blowouts. Yeah, we're seeing some of that. Do you think this is – so do you think it's just the weirdness of the lack of offseason? Is it just like – I don't know, just the weirdness of this year, and is this something that's going to continue? Think I I mean, I think eventually it it levels out, but I think this is one of those things where teams are still trying to figure out each other. I think there's still – there's the almost like extended – preseason type of feel to some of this yeah a lot of these teams i know that when we talk about the celtics there's there's a lot of that going on with the celtics there's there's integrating rookies there's integrating free agents some nights it's just not going to go well and i think right now in the early part of the season when it doesn't go well it has a real potential to just all fall apart and and things can get real ugly real quick I'm sure there are some teams in their fan bases who think that the season is ending. I've seen a few of those takes about the Pelicans so far, even though they're just two and two. <laughs> Team that did grab a win, though, this one wasn't quite a blowout. It was the New York Knicks, 95-86 over the Cleveland Cavaliers. You've got to watch out for Julius Randle in a contract year. He finished with 28 points on the night, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. He almost had the quadruple double with turnovers, nine on the night. He was he, he was. Decent last year, but again, in contract year for the Pelicans, averaged 21 per game, nine rebounds, shot 34% from deep. He's shooting 56% from deep. I don't know if this is him being good or if it's just contract year Julius Randle wanting to get paid. It's It's got to be contract year. I mean, all of a right? sudden, it has to be. It's, ha, ha, all of a sudden, say it's, oh, wow, you know, wow, Randle's like an really, all NBA oh, guy. He's figured things out. Oh, man, he's finally really putting things together. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, okay. First 20 point triple double since Carmelo Anthony in New York. That that's really nice. Uh, it, it's great that they, they beat up on the oh previously undefeated uh, Cleveland Cavaliers Big win for the Knicks here, <laughs> a, a huge win over the Knicks to, to beat the first place Cavaliers. But uh, you know, it, it's I, I just can't bring myself to get excited about this game. Julius Randle doing contract year things. The Cavaliers uh, not looking particularly great, although the uh, the backcourt, the Sexland backcourt of Colin Sexton and Garland is uh, doing doing big things. So at least there's something to be excited about in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, they they both did pretty well. 20 points for Sexton, 17 for Garland. They shot 36% overall. It was kind of held down by Osman and Larry Nance Jr., who Randall bullied all night. Though Andre Drummond, Drummond with 18 
and 17. Moving on to the next game, the Golden State Warriors getting a win over the Detroit Pistons, 116-106. James Wiseman looks like he's going to be really good. The shooting numbers don't show it. He finished with six points on the night, three of nine, but he moves really well. And towards the end of the game, almost to ice the game, got a block on one end and basically took it coast to coast for a one-handed slam, which was Pretty impressive for a dude who's basically a rookie. And I also, again, you're not seeing it from some of these guys, but Juan Toscano Anderson looks pretty good and moves like an NBA player. Wiggins had a big night, 27 points. Oh, yeah, Steph Curry is still Steph Curry, 31 points, five of nine shooting from him. Yeah, you know, you, you look at these Warriors and they they haven't looked particularly great. Um, and, of course, they played the Pistons, who are just god-awful. Uh, they probably the worst offense in the league, but they it's still important for the Warriors to put together some performances from guys who had been struggling. Like Wiggins has been just abysmal. And for him to break out and be like, okay, yes, there's actually still somewhat of a decent basketball player in there. Ubre to hit a three pointer. Ubre to come for out, him. Huge you know what for I mean? him. Like, like that kind of thing, hitting like non a dunk shots. That was all he had. He had not scored outside right. of the paint until this game. Right. So like those little things, it's little steps for these guys. Now, are they going to find their way back into the top of the West? No, but look, they're still waiting for Draymond green to come back. You're seeing obviously Steph have a Steph type game. You're seeing some steps forwards from, from, from some of these guys. And like you said, Wiseman over a, like a minute 22 stretch when it was tied becomes a difference maker for a guy who had not played in forever to just step right into the NBA with no training, with no real uh, preseason to, to, to really put everything together with no summer league, with no months of preparation, like all of that stuff. It's impressive that he's at least making some positive impact in stretches of NBA games. That's a really good way to put it. For the Pistons, you can see why Jeremy Grant signed with them and left Denver. Bigger offensive role, 21 field goals on the night, finished with 27 points. Also, Josh Jackson, after stints in Phoenix and Memphis, had a nice little game here. 17 points for him, six rebounds, three assists. We're going to move on to the game that you covered tonight. Boston Celtics 116, Indiana Pacers 111. What happened in this one? Well, the Celtics came out strong, but the uh, the Indiana Pacers, I believe, shot 135% from three in the first half. Uh, they hit actually half their threes in the first half to keep it close. From the Indiana perspective, uh, Victor Oladipo looked great. I mean, he looks really good. looked great. He I've was been a stopping. big believer in his and thought he was going to come back around pre-injury Oladipo and could have been a real good guy to get on the trade market this offseason. Not proving me wrong, which I like. Yeah, he had a stretch there where he was really just he was just really good. He was he was he was Depot. Like that was that was the the performance. Malcolm Brogdon was really good, but for the Celtics, they they came out strong and then fell apart in the third quarter. And actually, it was rookie Peyton Pritchard who came in and completely changed the game with his energy. And he's a guy that when we were doing the, the draft night coverage here on Lockdown NBA, he was drafted and they looked at me and were like, John, what does this mean? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. But he's showing 
what they were thinking. Now, he's obviously way up and down. He's a small guard. He's still learning, but he can handle the ball well. He's got some pretty decent vision. They trust him to, to run some of this offense. He was running a nice pick and roll with Robert Williams. And that gave them enough time to slowly chip away at what had been a 17-point lead and then let Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown kind of do their thing. Tatum with 27 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, three steals. Jalen Brown with a clutch steal at the end of the game when Indiana had a chance to uh, to tie it up. And uh, that, that was just... Uh, for the Celtics, like I said before, trying to figure things out, trying to integrate rookies, trying to integrate Tristan Thompson, who did not play at all in the preseason, uh, trying to figure out what they have in some of these guys like Grant Williams, who who struggled against Indiana, has not looked particularly great this season so far. This is a nice step for the Celtics, who now move to two and two. We're at risk of really going to one and three, which would have been really bad. Uh, and they are able to come back from a, a big deficit and at least show on the front end of a back-to-back with Memphis that they had that, that effort, that determination to overcome something that had plagued them, which is bad third quarter so far this season. Yeah, and you mentioned the game. It gets a little bit easier for them on the second night of a back-to-back tomorrow taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. No uh, John Moran, who's going to be out two to five weeks with a grade two ankle sprain. Makes that game a little bit better, especially because you've seen a lot of guys, uh, a lot of teams resting players on back-to-backs right now. Yeah, and I don't think the Celtics are, are in a position to do that, although I don't know. Uh, Jason Tatum played 40 minutes, and I don't know what the Celtics are planning to do there. Uh, they might see this as an opportunity to rest him. I know that he's been banged up. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but he he's had a heating pad on the front of his right thigh at, at games in the garden. I've seen him kind of rubbing that front of his right thigh in games here in Indy. So they, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they took this opportunity, especially with the short turnaround to, to maybe give, give somebody a break. But um, if they, if this, if there's any chance for the Celtics to do that, it's against a very shorthanded Memphis Grizzlies team. Yeah, Tyus Jones is probably going to have to step up for them. They they didn't have him in the bubble, and I think that's one of the reasons why they struggled somewhat. Now they get him back because he was one of the better backup lead guards, I thought, in the league last year. We'll see how that one goes tomorrow night. So we got more from the uh, all the games in the league last night, including the Milwaukee Bucks setting an NBA record in terms of three-pointers made. We'll get to all of that coming up here in just a second, but today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Whether you're ready for some football with the NFL playoffs coming into picture college bowl season is still going on i know yeah the nba is in full swing there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust when it comes to betting online and that's betonline.ag so sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus that is free money it's like you've already won a bet uh just by signing up they've got nfl games of the week all of the bowl games, and of course the top lines in the NBA. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. 
So we mentioned it was a full night of action, and we've got the recap here. Moving on next to the 76ers over the Toronto Raptors, 100-93. to Toronto falls to 0-3, which is somewhat surprising, but given that they lost to Baca, given that they lost Marcus All, and they've got to try some really weird and new funky lineups, because it's not the biggest shock, but you get 20 points from OG, 20 points from Siakam, and 24 points from Kyle Lowry, and you still fall. It's not great for the Raptors. Remember when we were talking in the preseason, we were doing our kind of rankings of where where these teams were, and mm-hmm. I had the I had the Raptors below a lot of these other teams in the East. You had the Sixers is, high too. I had the Sixers. I had the Sixers like third. Um, this is kind of what I'm talking about. This game where Kyle Lowry was their best player, Fred Van Vliet. They gave all that money to. And he's struggled with that that added responsibility. He just hasn't uh, had another kid yet, so he's not going to be the best right, until right. you got to start spitting out kids every time you struggle. Yeah, we've learned that with him now. <laughs> um, there are another team that's trying to integrate somebody. You lose Serge Ibaka, you lose Marcus Gasol, you bring in Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines hasn't exactly meshed well with this team. So you've got Van Vliet who is kind of struggling. Uh, I don't know what they're, they're trying to experiment with him in, in a lot of pick and rolls. That's not quite working out. Uh, Siakam had a good part of the game, but in the fourth quarter was bleh, and had five fouls in the last like six minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, that's the, re- the rationale I had for ranking the Raptors so low is they don't have that go-to guy. And Lowry is, has been that go-to guy, but, that it's still not, he's still not at that, that level anymore uh, where he's going to carry them throughout that whole season. And Van Vliet's supposed to be that guy. Siakam's supposed to be that guy. And it's just, it's a little too iffy right now with, with Toronto. They're, they're just struggling. And I, I wonder if the, you know, being in Tampa has, has anything to do with it, but uh, they're, they're still struggling. It's obviously early and a lot of these things can turn themselves around, but, they do have a lot of work to do. Yeah, they, they got to play small too a lot of the time, and that doesn't work against a guy like Joel Embiid who completely oh, can I just tell you in this one. Watching this game and watching these two teams play each other it is just like, wow. You know those perspective rooms where you stand <laughs> on one side and the person looks like four inches tall yeah. and the other person looks eight? Like that's how I felt the, the game was being played in one of those rooms. Yeah, no, it's you're right. I mean, Embiid went off for 29, completely controlled the pain in this one. Tobias Harris finally had kind of a big game for the 76ers. 26 points from him, 11 rebounds, three assists, just two turnovers. He needed a game like that to kind of break out. So Sixers get the win. Next game on the docket, we've got the Chicago Bulls over the Washington Wizards, 115-107. This one is Russell Westbrook put up a triple-double, 21 points, 15 Mm. rebounds, 11 assists. And the Wizards lost. Kind of as simple as that. You had Bradley Beal, who's in concussion protocol right now, with 29 points on the night, and there's just not a whole lot else there. They started Bertons in the second half, trying to integrate him back in, and just not enough. I think it's kind of as simple as that one. Nope, not enough. And this is this is a perfect situation for Russell Westbrook because he can put up all the empty triple-doubles that he wants and rack up the stats, and it's going to look great when he makes his Hall of Fame case but it doesn't do a damn thing for the Wizards to, to win these games. They, they've played four games. What does he have, three triple-doubles? 
it, yeah, he is. He is all three. I think it's the first player in history to start um, the entire the season with three straight triple doubles. Look, the bench. There's just no depth there for Washington. There's actually some compared to Washington for the Chicago Bulls. That's going to get you a win. We don't need to spend too much time on this one. The, nope. the probably the premier game of the night was anything but as the Bucks took down the Miami Heat in embarrassing fashion, 144-97. The Bucks set an NBA record with 29 made threes on 51 attempts on the night, um, besting the Warriors record. The only player for the Bucks, literally everyone who played in this game made a three except Giannis, and that's even his brother made one. Didn't make two, so he can't give one to Giannis. Um, no Jimmy Butler for Miami in this one. They had um, Goran Dragic coming off the bench. They did not have enough like creation to start this game. Kind of sloppy play. A lot of turnovers that really got the Bucks into a groove. Also, when a team makes 29 threes and shoots 57% from deep, like, yeah, you're going to lose no matter if you had Jimmy Butler or not. That's... That you're not going to win any games giving up 144 points. What was the, it was 80. What do they have? 83 at halftime. That, so, the, so here's the thing you might not know because TNT didn't show the second half of this game. And instead you watch Steph Curry shooting warm-up shots for like five minutes on a YouTube video or something that was more entertaining TNT thought than this game and cut away from it. It only went back when the Bucks set that record. That's how bad it was that TNT showed you anything else other than this game for a while. So I wouldn't blame you, dear listener, if you didn't know what the score was for part of the second half. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, this was, uh, I remember texting you in the middle of this game because we're talking before the game. We're like, all right, I'm going to focus on this. You're going to focus on that. Um, and you, you're obviously watching this game a little bit more closely. And I said, so how's that game working out for you? And you said, I, 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 oh, I forget, but I think it said I, it makes me miss Drew Holiday. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. He's out there nailing I, six three pointers. I, uh, I almost texted you back like, ha ha, like, are you serious? Is this a rhetorical question or something like that? Which it might have been in the first place, but that's kind of how this game went. These two teams play tomorrow. This is a quirk of the NBA schedule, though, that I love. These basically double headers on back-to-back -back nights in the same arena. I don't know if Jimmy Butler is going to play. I doubt he's going to play in this game, but do they put Goran Dragic back in the starting lineup to get a little bit more creation and more generating that offense for these other guys? A lot of shooters, but if they can't get good looks because the Bucks can defend them pretty easily with all that length, I don't know. I'm going to be curious to see how kind of those tweaks get made in the game plan gets adjusted. Yeah, and and this is a funny thing because you know the Celtics just did this home and this mini series with the the Pacers, and they got another one coming up with the Pistons, and so these are being played all over the place. I really think that in these games, it is really more about teams doing what they do best. This is not a playoff thing where you say, okay, well we got smoked yesterday. What do we do to not get smoked? Well, how do we adjust our coverage and? No, like this is early in the season, short turnaround for the Miami Heat. Uh, they are just trying to get themselves and make sure that they're right and focus on what you do best. You're, this is all about building habits. This is all about making sure you've got your rotations down, making sure you've got your, your everything that you do well down. And I think there's a misconception out there from fans who are like, oh, this can be so great. It's going to be like playoffs and adjustments. No, I don't think there are any adjustments to be made here. This is, we're playing heat basketball, just like the Celtics came into this game tonight 
last night and said, we're playing Celtics basketball. And, and they did make one little adjustment in that they subbed in Javante Green as opposed to, you know, um, Grant Williams. And, and you might do like that little bit, but you're not making wholesale adjustments to try and win the games. This is just go out there, do your thing, do it as best as you possibly can, and we'll save adjustments and game planning for the playoffs. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a good way. It's it's not like you're coming up with a whole series full of game plan and like how do you foil your opponent? I like that. Just kind of go out and still do what you do best. So more coming up from the action around the league last night, including the only undefeated team and a rookie basically closing out a game, which was somewhat surprising. We'll break it all down for you here coming up in just a second. So everyone has a wall, whether it's doing show notes for something that you're recording at midnight. Maybe it's a big presentation you have coming up. Sometimes you've got to break through that wall. Yeah, you know, and Bilko is the way to do it. Bilko is the healthy replacement for your energy drink. It's lasting. It's natural. It's just going to make you feel a little bit better. Bilko is ounce and a half energy gel packages. You can throw it in your back pocket. You can keep it by your computer for your podcast, whatever it is, or take it before the start of your workout, whatever it is. Bilko is going to help you break through that wall. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling or drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate milk. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, and that collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it's going to get into your system quicker. Plus, Built Go is loaded with good stuff, including 10,000% of your daily percentage of B12. So visit BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED for 20% off at uh, BuiltGo.com. If you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, NBA analytics pioneer and front office insider and also former front office executive. John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, four more games to recap from a busy night around the association. Let's start it with the only undefeated team in the NBA currently, the Miami, uh, sorry, Orlando Magic. There we go. Edge the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder 118-107. Just, just too much offense from Orlando in this one. Vucevic, 12 of 18, 3 of 4 from deep, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 28 points from him. Um, that's probably going to do it. Aaron Gordon chipping in 12 points and then Dwayne Bacon coming in with 18. OKC was a bit of a surprise, but they ran into a better team and just lost. Yeah, no, it's, and and I thought coming in that, you know, Orlando, now Orlando's 4-0 and I don't know how long that's going to last. There's so, it things can turn around very, very quickly. And I thought this would be a season where, look, Orlando has to be real with themselves. You have to start, trading off pieces. Vooch has got to go. Gordon's got to go. Fournier's got to go. Just retool. The draft next year is too good. But here they come out of the gates, 4-0. And on a night where, by the way, Vooch becomes the Orlando Magic's all-time leader in field goals made. So an historic night on top of beating the Oklahoma City Thunder. I thought Bacon was a great pickup for them, and he's proving to, to, to pay dividends for uh, Terrence Ross doing Terrence Ross things off the bench, shooting seven of yep. 13. So the, the question for the Orlando magic now is, do you get tantalized by this four and start? How real is this four and start? Do you think, Hey, 
72 game season, this 4-0 means a little bit more than 4-0. You got 10 fewer games. Maybe, maybe you can make a little bit of a move. Look at the Celtics at two and two. They're supposed to be better than you. Look at the Raptors. They're supposed to be better than you. They haven't won a game yet. Is this a, a an opportunity for the Magic to embrace who they have and buy into who they have? Or do they pull a hinky type process move and say, this is great. This is nice, but this is still not good enough to compete with Milwaukee and Brooklyn and Philly and start moving pieces. I think that's the big question, even after Orlando's 4-0 start. It's a good one. Look, I think they're a playoff team, but like they're not going far in the playoffs. Like They're, they're, they're not necessarily going to get out of the first round, and it's what level of competitiveness, I guess, are you comfortable with for a team that historically hasn't been particularly good. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, though, I, I kind of liked watching this game and this team because they've got a number of young guys that are just kind of fun and go out and try really hard, which for what they're doing and tearing down their roster and like selling everything for first-round picks, you kind of like that. Isaiah Roby, 19 points. Uh, Dort, 15 uh, Gilgis Alexander, 23 points. So he had five turnovers, which wasn't particularly great. Diallo off the bench with 13. Like all of that's really good for them to see these young guys going out and playing some fun, exciting basketball, and then hopefully developing into a solid NBA player that they then trade for another first round pick. <laughs> right, right. That is, <laughs> that's really what it's all about. But look, you've got a, you've got a, a potential franchise cornerstone in Gilgis Alexander. Uh, you've got Lou Dort taking a, a real seeming big step forward yeah. uh, in the early part of this season, which is super encouraging. Again, everything comes with that caveat of, well, it's early. We don't know how much of this is real, how much of this is guys just hitting shots and getting hot to start the season. But anything positive is encouraging. And when you're looking, like you said, when you're Oklahoma City and you're saying, who do we keep? Who do we build around? Who's a good piece? This is these are the types of games where you you let these guys do their thing and you say, all right, this was good, this was good, and yeah, some guys are building value, but the the where they're building value is not. I don't think for trading it for a first round pick. I think no, that was partially a joke. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I think, but in, to to turn it serious because you know I'm always serious. Uh, is of course you build these guys up, you build up their value, and now you've got all of these first round picks. Well, somebody out there with a star, and I, I say James yeah. Harden, no, it's not going to be James Harden probably, but you never know wh- who who that star is down the road when a team, well, like Orlando, is looking to maybe sell off pieces. You say, huh, well, we can get a pick from OKC and one of these young players or whatever. And, and if, if OKC is looking at one of these teams and one of these stars, they've got young players and a ton of picks and still enough picks to keep themselves. So whenever they do trade for those stars, they have picks in the future to supplement that and build an actual lasting team. So they're, they're they, still in a good spot. Yeah, look, they have the ability to trade for pretty much anyone in the league that's at least available. And you also need to make salary match and having guys that actually contribute out there on a basketball court and some of these young guys we just mentioned is really important. Next game of the night, 124-101 Clippers over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Clippers had seven guys in double figures. They got a lot of depth here. They shot 52% from deep, just buried the Minnesota Timberwolves who were in a big hole early, tried to get back weren't able to do it. You saw D'Angelo Russell back in the starting lineup for him, but Jarrett Culver went 0 for 10. 
and that's how they lost. Like that's the game. That's kind of what happened. Clippers are better. They showed they're better. And yeah, it was kind of as simple as that. The other game where you kind of saw this was with <laughs> my Pelicans taking on the Phoenix Suns. It was a 111-86, and this game was ugly win for the Phoenix Suns. The Pelicans couldn't do anything offensively. They obviously didn't defend. And if I told you it was this big of a blowout, you would have assumed that Devin Booker went off, maybe Chris Paul went off, except they combined to take 13 shots. That's how bad the Pelicans were on defense, that everyone was burning them, and those two didn't really need to do a whole lot of work. Pelicans basically have no bench. They need a lot of help. Though Zion looked good in this one, 20 points from him on 9 of 13 shooting. The Suns get their production from Jay Crowder. Say it. He was big early on. Say it right. Crowder. Crowder. For 5 of 8 from deep from him in route to 21 points. Their bench is is a strength of this Suns team. Cameron Johnson has been really good off the bench for him. 18 points from him on the night. On a night where Chris Paul and Devin Booker, like you, you can't really remember one play that they made. Yeah. Let me tell you something about Crowder. Having seen him in Boston, I don't think it's any surprise that he goes to teams and when he can play, those teams tend to do okay. He, he's gone from Boston. He did okay in Utah. Now, it's, I, 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 Utah's probably an outlier, but you, you go to Memphis, and he had an impact on those Memphis Grizzlies. And when he got traded away, they lost key pieces there, and they, they struggled after that. You go to Miami – Miami did did very well with Jay Crowder. He was a big piece of why they made it as far as they did. Now, he's he's a role player, but he brings a toughness. He brings an edge, like that, that chip-on-the-shoulder type of mentality that I think every locker room needs. And Crowder, low-key, with Chris Paul, like Chris Paul can, can get on people's nerves – Crowder will not take a second of that. He doesn't care who you are, how many Jake from State Farm commercials you know you you make. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. He's a good counterbalance to Chris Paul over there, and and is a, a reason why you know a, a small reason because obviously their stars are the reason, but a a small reason in the locker room why it adds to winning. Look, it's, he's been on winning teams. He clearly helped the Miami Heat last year, and he must have seen something in this Phoenix Suns team to basically take the same offer that the Heat were willing to give him and come over this direction. So, yeah, he's uh, clearly going to be – I think he's a key part for that roster big time. And then the final game of the night, this was probably the closest one and the most entertaining one, was the Denver Nuggets losing to the uh, Sacramento Kings 125-115. The thing that impressed me in this was Tyrese Halliburton closing the game at a rookie, and we're expecting rookies to struggle this season given the limited training camp, preseason, no summer league form. He finished with 13 points on the night, was a team high plus 20 in plus minus, got a steal right at the end, and then scored the layup on the other end to really ice this game for him. And this is a game where De'Aaron Fox looked great, 24 points from him. You got 20 points from Rashawn Holmes. Um, Harrison Barnes at one point looked kind of unstoppable. I'm most impressed by the rookie out there going out and doing his thing and closing the game out. Yeah, isn't Halliburton like the whole thing with him coming into this this season was he's he's very plug and play. He's yeah. he's his the the way he was always described was his ceiling might not be too too high, but his floor is very high. Like he mm-hmm. comes in NBA ready. 
and this is what you see. The, and, and this season, the prem, premium is uh, on NBA-ready guys. And again, I'll go back to the Boston thing. Why was Peyton Pritchard and why has he done okay for the Celtics and been uh, a key for them? Four-year starter at Oregon. So that is something that's generally a negative. He comes in with a maturity that helps him succeed. Halliburton comes into the league with a skill set that allows him to just come in right away and, and succeed. These rookies that don't need the time to develop, that don't need the playing time, that don't need a ton of things, they're the ones that are going to have especially impressive starts to the season. So Halliburton in there finishing off what looked like a, a tired Nuggets team on the back end of a back-to-back that just ran out of gas in that fourth quarter, uh, but also ran out of gas because the the Sacramento Kings made them run out of gas. Yeah, you know, I, you got good games out of Nikola Jokic, another triple-double for him, not quite to the level. Actually, he had the quadruple-double with the turnovers in there. I just saw that. 26 points, 12 assists, 11 rebounds, 10 turnovers. So there you go. Someone hit it on the night. Um, you also got 24 points out of Monty Morris. They had no Gary Harris in this game um, for them. So they – or sorry, Jamal Murray. That's who I'm thinking of. And then you also got 30 points out of Michael Porter Jr., but that that number feels a little hollow. 10 rebounds from him as well, but his defense was bad in this game, and he's got a long way to go on that side of the ball. Gives it to you offensively, but, man, the defense, he's going to hurt you, and you're clearly seeing it if they can't win when he puts up 30 and you get a double, uh, triple-double like that out of Jokic. Yeah, you know, Porter, sometimes he's okay. Sometimes he, he'll, he'll put in the effort, uh, but sometimes, sometimes he just looks so lost. I mean, it's, uh, he, it's kind of Harden-esque in a way, although Harden is more lack of effort. I think Porter is just more clueless sometimes out there when it comes it's, to- It's also a young guy who's basically like still playing the first half of his first season in the league for the most part. So- sure. Yeah, you, you know, most most young players like that, I don't think are supposed to contribute on the defensive side of the ball. But look, he played a team high 40 minutes. He puts up 30 points. It looks good. But also when you look at the starters, he's the only one with a negative plus minus and it's minus nine at that. They lost by 10. There's some I don't like that individual stat that much out of context, though. I'm throwing it in like that here. But there's something to it. Yeah, no, there is. There totally is. I mean, that's that's something that he still has to figure out and and. You can try to end up being a net positive by by scoring way he, the way he did, but he clearly wasn't on this night. And and I agree, like individual plus minus is is can can be very misleading, but sometimes it does tell a story. And, yeah, and sometimes and it matches those, up. <laughs> you know, like this is one of those nights where it it compares to the eye test. You look at him and you say, mm, okay, that's you're a little too costly. Uh, the the trade off was not worth it. Yeah, so coming up tonight, we mentioned a couple of games. Bucks against the Heat again. The Grizzlies taking on the Celtics. I'm going to have my eyes on the 3-0 Hawks against the 2-2 Nets with Kevin Durant and I think Kyrie Irving playing as well. And then Lakers taking on the Spurs a little bit later. Lakers came out and clearly didn't care that much against the Portland Trailblazers. Can they bounce back and turn that on like a switch like we think they can and be that title contending team we all expect them to? We'll find out tonight. And of course, we'll have Locked on NBA back with you tomorrow to recap all of the action around the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast.
And I am John Corrales, Reds Army underscore John on Twitter and host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back with you all next week.